Hello everyone. Here are the six questions in my backpack today. One. Should you live together before getting married? Two. Is it better to build a relationship with someone more like you or someone who is very different from you? In other words, do opposites just attract? Be the bang, be the boom, be the bang, bang, boom. Or does common interest make for a more comfortable bed? Three, how much of yourself should you give to foster a long-lasting, healthy relationship? 50%? 75%? 90%? Or 110%? 4. Are cross-cultural, cross-religion, cross-border relationships doomed from the get-go? 5. What is a man to do when he and his wife suffers a miscarriage? Six, what should you do when you hear those infamous words? It's not you, it's me. In a few moments, I will be stepping behind a gated community and into the beautiful home of Alan and Sherry to see if I can find good answers to any of these questions. And they will be sharing with me the Zeta secrets of a long-lasting, healthy relationship. Yes, then I'll make them play the Journey's marriage game. Fun, 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 fun. Let's see if those Zeta secrets can survive the most acid of tests. During the session, I'll also be exposing Susie's ten little secrets. Susie Lindau is one of my favorite bloggers. Guess what? She and her husband just celebrated their 25th wedding anniversary. Ever so often, don't tell her, I throw her blogs to steal a bit here and a bit there from her wit and wisdom. Her popular blogs are peppered with frank, fun, funny, down-to-earth, useful tidbits from her wild ride. You'll want to check them out, too. Besides, she is a wonderful writer. Wonderful in many ways, you'll see. Well, she knows I'll share the secrets. But don't tell her yet. So that's my plan for today. My name is Neville Viangelou. You are on the journey. Along the journey, we stop at intriguing places and meet fascinating people with novel solutions to some of life's tricky little problems. We play a few games, too, and attract the remarkable characters of three classic books. Soundbite Life, Flight of the Fused Monkey, and Illicet, A Time to Begin Again. All of which you can get in your favorite format from Amazon or Barnes & Noble.
I'm entering the gate key. Yep, it works. Let me tell you a little bit about Alan and Sherry. Alan, Catholic, was born in Cairo, Egypt. His parents moved to California when he was 10 years old. That's during the 1967 war. He graduated from the University of Southern California, that's in engineering, with a bachelor's and a master's degree and presently works for the federal government. Sherry, Jewish, she was born in Chicago, Illinois. She moved to California when she was eight years old. She attended Cal State University where she studied to be a teacher and was once an elementary school librarian. Now, Alan and Sherry have two sons. Troy has just graduated from college last year. And Kyle is currently a junior in college. I'm almost there. The door is about to be opened. Hello! pleasure of being in the home of Sherry and Alan Zeta this evening. They have just celebrated their 30th wedding anniversary. How do you feel? Old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel, I feel we've accomplished a lot, that we've made a milestone, yeah. a huge milestone for us. Mm-hmm. Now, how is this different from your 25th anniversary? We're in Texas now. Oh. We didn't live in Texas before. <laughs> no. um, well, our 25th anniversary, our kids were home, uh, okay. um, and they hadn't gone off to college yet. Mm-hmm. Our 30th anniversary, one of our kids has graduated college, uh, uh, and the other is in college right now. So we're sort of empty nesters uh, five years later. That is a big difference. So that is a very big difference. In that five years. Well, well t- t- tell us, let's take us back a little bit into the marriage uh, where are you guys from? Before we were married? Yes. Um, originally from Chicago, uh-huh. Illinois. Mm-hmm. And um, in 1966, I moved to California and lived the rest of my days there in California until moving here to Texas about a year ago. Okay. And your husband? Um, I was born in Cairo, Egypt. Ah. And originally my background, my grandparents came from Turkey Okay. and immigrated to Egypt, and then my parents immigrated to the United States. So I came to the United States when I was about 10 years old, uh-huh. um, and I've lived in California since I was 10. And so um, basically I call California my home. Okay. Um, so what attracted you to this lovely lady? I must mention that I know Sherry from our uh, The Village Book Club. That's yes, where I met her indeed. First. And then she um, made me sit next to her husband. (laughs) (laughs) Made me? Well, here's how we met. It was a very strange meeting, actually. We were both on vacation. Uh, Uh, I was on vacation with my brother uh, in Hawaii, and uh, Sherry was on vacation with her friend in Hawaii. uh, There's uh, two different kinds of vacations. Yeah, a a girlfriend. So we were were on vacation, uh, you know, just to Hawaii, and... Uh, we sort of met each other at a bus stop. <laughs> we, were, we were going actually. We were going on a um, on a tour, a tour to snorkel, 
Mm-hmm. And so we we struck up a conversation, and um, you know, th- throughout the day we were talking, but we nothing... didn't strike anything up. Yeah, we did. We were just talking, <laughs> and so your brother. It was your brother and my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> and so we sort of talked a little bit, but it wasn't anything serious, and um, it just eventually we, you know, we uh, my brother and his and her girlfriend sort of went out together a little bit in Hawaii and had a couple of drinks, and so we were sort of stuck together, I think. Mm. And we sort of didn't really like each other very much, but it's, we sort of grew upon each other a little bit and um, exchanged phone numbers, and when we got back to California, we sort of called each other, and um, and there it is. We sort of 30-some, three years later. I still have the piece of paper that he wrote his phone number on uh, that he gave Hawaii. me in Hawaii. I still have that phone number on that piece of paper. Well, well, tell me, Alan, though, because you said at first there wasn't a necessary attraction. So what changed between that moment of no attraction to say, let me give her her, my telephone number? That's a great question. I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really sure. But uh, we were, I don't know. I don't remember what happened. We we were bored. <laughs> no, I don't know. You know, we were thrown into a situation, and we had to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And we played volleyball, and we snorkeled as a group of four. Mm-hmm. You know, once we were two and two, and then it became mm-hmm. a group of four. Mm-hmm. And then my girlfriend and I decided to go off to Maui mm-hmm. and spend some time. And these guys were on five dollars a day in Hawaii. They were just really. Uh, being very frugal and, mm. and enjoying their time together, but money and, and that wasn't the big thing. It was just to really have fun at, mm. at the beach. And for us, we just adventured out a little bit more, and then um, we missed our flight, and so he thought I stood him up. He thought I gave him the wrong phone number, mm. and um, I ended up calling his house um, when I got home because we did we did connect. There was a connection, and actually, he kissed me for the very first time on the Pearl Harbor cruise Ooh. when the bombs were going off <laughs> in the background on the loudspeakers. And um, and I think at that moment, I think we knew there was a connection mm-hmm. on that boat ride mm-hmm. um, because it didn't matter then what our his brother and my friend were doing. It we became we we had a lot in common talking mm-hmm. to each other and education and and our likes and. And things and um, it was a coincidence. Is we actually we were on vacation in Hawaii, but we lived within about twenty five miles of each other in Los Angeles, so, uh-huh. which was which, okay. which was a coincidence. Yeah. But you know we could have lived thousands of miles away, but we lived twenty five miles away mm-hmm. from each other. So when we got back, we I called her. We talked to each other and went out on a few dates, and we sort of you know enjoyed each other's company. And from that moment on, I mm-hmm. mean, we never really separated from that point on. We yeah. were. Every weekend we were together, and uh, we talked almost every day on the phone. Um, aside from when and it was, was it was studying. a little bit difficult because I was going to college. I was getting my master's degree, so I had you know I was doing that, and so that was uh, you know we didn't have as much time to spend with each other. So, but we managed. Just that first year. Yeah, we managed. You made time. time. Yeah. What, what were you studying at the time? Engineering. Oh, so you, oh yeah, you were yeah. engineering too. Yeah. Okay. So, so and you know, three years later we were married. So mm-hmm. here we are. So where did you where did you pop the question, or how did you pop I the question? I popped the question, <laughs> which was really Aww. funny. Was um, oh, that was so nice. 
It was it was at a restaurant and um It's gone now. What? Oh the <laughs> restaurant's restaurant. not there anymore. Which was sad. And um it was at a restaurant and I got down on one knee and actually proposed to her. Which was really funny because the the booth that we were in was elevated. So I I was really low. It was an elevated booth that was about six inches higher than the floor. So I was it's like looking down really, at him. I'm like, what are you doing? It was pretty strange, but it was it was good and, and it was uh, obvious to everybody around what was going on because so, he was like oh, you know down. and uh, I had I had asked her you know I had gone before and asked her dad for her hands in hand marriage and her mom and because they were divorced at the time so I went to each one and asked them beforehand about a week before and mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to do it right so I asked them beforehand and they of course it was so nice and old fashioned said so yes nice. and. You know, and um, so, so they the, knew ahead of time. They were like one of the only people that really knew. But, but did she? Did you know that he was going to? No, ask? So no. I knew it was coming. I think I kept saying, "I was like, when the heck is he going to ask me?" <laughs> oh gosh, we're together two years. Come on already, you know. Um, we were together. We knew that that was our next step. We had mm. talked about future and mm. all that. Uh, but I, I wasn't really sure. Um, we got engaged in July, August, August. <laughs> in August, <laughs> August, and um, it was 33 years ago this last. No, sorry, 31 years ago this last August. Yeah, we were we were engaged, we engaged a year. We were engaged about a year, and then we were engaged a year and got married. But um, I didn't. I I wasn't expecting it. I certainly didn't expect it at that restaurant. It was a nice restaurant, but it wasn't. I didn't think I would have never guessed. And then I remember afterwards we we called our parents and I called my parents. I don't think you told your parents right away. You called your parents. Yeah, I told. Your parents they knew. knew. Yeah. And then and then we went out dancing. Yeah. <laughs> we went out dancing. But I I made it specifically. I said I wasn't going to take her to a really fancy restaurant because I I thought oh she's going to know. Right. So I took her to just an okay average restaurant. It wasn't yeah. fancy and it wasn't you were you know, nervous, a coffee so. shop. You were very nervous. So I knew I said I wasn't going to throw a you know. I throw a red flag. So, <laughs> you, pl- you did a lot of planning. Alan's a planner. Mm-hmm. From I don't care what it is in our life, he plans everything out, mm-hmm. and he planned that out as well. And I, I love him for that. But it's been thirty years, and you know, I mean, honestly, it hasn't been all easy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you, 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 a lot of people can say, mm-hmm. "Oh, you know, it's been great," and so just honestly, there's been ups and downs, mm-hmm. and. Um, but you manage through it. I mean, you have to manage through it. If you if your relationship is strong enough mm-hmm. and you really feel bonded, you will make it work. And there's lots of different avenues that people take mm-hmm. to help themselves get through those humps mm-hmm. because there's hills and valleys to... I, I don't even care. Nobody can tell you that their marriage is absolutely perfect mm-hmm. because they're not going to be telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. There are ups and downs at every every relationship... And sometimes you might have to seek out therapy or you might have to seek out friendship for guidance or go to your priest or your minister or whoever it is that you seek guidance from. And it's okay to do that Mm. and not to ever feel ashamed or fearful of doing that to ask for professional help because you do run into problems. Things happen. And, And, you know, we've learned a lot more about each other by seeking help at some points in our life. Um, we've learned to communicate better. Mm-hmm. We've learned 
that it's important to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, we've learned that it's important to give more than 50%. You can't give 50-50 and expect everything to be normal in a relationship. It's giving 95 or 100% at times um, when the other person can't quite give that much because of for whatever reason, but you're giving that extra percent that really pulls it all together and, and meshes it. You know, I, I come from a family that... Um, was divorced when I was in junior high school. Mm-hmm. My parents were divorced, and Alan's family has been married all this time. Mm-hmm. And I, I promised myself when I was to marry somebody that I would that that was to be a forever thing. I wouldn't do that to my children. Um, of course, at the time I didn't know I was going to have children or how our future was going to play out. But I knew. And we had talked about that we wanted it to be a forever thing, mm-hmm. that this was not something that we could easily go and just get a divorce, which so many people do. Um, it, it almost seems that there's not as much um, care in in, in the, the, the vows or the sanctity of marriage to keep people together. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier just to give up and walk away and to get divorced and say, okay, I'm just going to move on to number two or number three or number five or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And we knew that that wasn't going to happen. We really worked towards that, and especially coming from a divorced family, I knew the problems that that caused. And you didn't well, uh, it's funny to, to mention that my parents just celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary wow. uh, yeah. a couple months ago, three months ago. And actually, we I flew out there, mm-hmm. uh, surprised them, and my brother flew out there uh, mm-hmm. to surprise them. We celebrated all together their 60th wedding anniversary. And it was actually Sherry that told me when she found out, I, I didn't realize, all of a sudden it came up, and I'm like, you know, it's their 60th anniversary, and Sherry said, you're going to fly out there and surprise them. So I did. Mm-hmm. I went out there and um, surprised them, and they were thrilled with that. So I think I, I learned a lot from my parents mm-hmm. to stay together, mm-hmm. you know, that you do whatever it takes to stay together, to, to, to keep it together. Uh, and whereas I didn't have those role models. Right. I didn't have those role and, models. And so for me, it was a dedication to stay together and to, to work it out and to make it work. Um, and again, not very easy to do. Mm-hmm. And it's probably easier to just leave each other and get divorced. <laughs> it, it's That's the easy part, I think. Uh, I think the tough part is actually working on it and 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 trying to understand each other and trying to work on things that either bother you or bother your spouse and, and work on that. So well, well when we're back we'll we'll discover what builds and strengthens that bonds between Alan and uh, Sherry and we'll also find out from them what the first year is like and how they began to uh, mature from then on. The reality is relationships don't always work. Some are a toxic mix. Some get broken beyond repair. Some are simply not nurtured well enough to survive the treacherous journey that is life. Quite often other lives are entangled in the mess. However, it does not always have to be this way. Let me recommend to you a quick read book available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. It is called Bowfoot Peter, B-O-W-F-O-O-T, Bowfoot Peter, subtitled Sticks and Stones, and it is from the Rio True Stories collection, available on Amazon 
and Barnes and Noble. Well, Alan and Sharon, you were telling us that it it takes determination to build the relationship mm-hmm. so it's going to yeah. last. Yeah. Uh, in that first year, you met, of course, you got married. In that first year of marriage, what was that like? And how did you move from there to build a strong base? We were faced with a big challenge our first year. Really? Um, Alan had a great job and was working for a company and his you know, what he studied for all those years at USC and worked for this great company and then they started doing layoffs. Hmm. And right after we were married, they wanted to send him out of town for um, six to, weeks. for six weeks up north uh, in Northern California um, to help um, translate for some people that were coming in from overseas. And he said, <clears throat> I just got married. I don't want to leave my wife. We just moved into our first place, and we're setting up house. I mean, we didn't live together before we got married or anything. And um, it, the hardship didn't happen then because we could understand that that's part of business and that's part of his career. Um, but he said, I'll do this for you if you hope, if you, sorry, if you, if you promise that um, you you won't uh, let me go, you know. <laughs> and he did this, and he went for six weeks, and I think I went up a couple of times to visit him and during that period, and as soon as he got back home, they let him go. Mm. And all of a sudden, we were faced with being two people living in a nice place on one salary, and me supporting us, and all of a sudden, he was hit right between the eyes and it, and I felt so bad for him mm-hmm. um, yeah that was a difficult time because it was I, we got married in October and in January I got laid off so um, you know newly <laughs> married you want to start a new life and new relationship but in a way I think that helped us because it really strengthened us like um, you know we're not going to let it, you know she wasn't going to say oh well you know you don't have a job I'm going to leave you or you know it I wasn't like the slack. you know it's like it was a slack and and that was that was a good start really in our marriage i mean it was a i think it was a it, it, it was, was an obstacle for us but it was good because it sort of proved that we really were dedicated to each other mm-hmm. um uh, speaking of of not living together we didn't live together before we were married no and i think that really helped us too i i really truly thought that helped us um well, how does it help you? Because there are some people who obviously feel the opposite. Yeah. That feel that the fact that people don't get a chance to live together. I uh, recommend. Go ahead. Yeah. She was okay with it, but I. But yes, I was then. But knowing now what I know then, I mean, I I don't know. I. I it was just starting. Like our ma- to me, it was our marriage was the start of a new life, mm-hmm. and actually living together after we were married was that start. If we had sort of started living together before we were married, it would have sort of cheapened that that moment of going from being single to being married. Mm. It would have been sort of we're playing playing married before we were really I married. Know. And I, 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 I it was just and to me that's it was a new experience for me. It was new it wasn't something you've done for six months before and then all of a sudden mm. a piece of paperwork says you're married and and things change. But it there's so much about somebody you find out after living mm-hmm. with them. Right, right. But that's and the excitement of it. Ah, and that's what, I don't know. Ah, <laughs> I don't know. I, when I think about my children, our children, I think 
I wouldn't advise pro or con. I would let them make their yeah, own choice. But, uh, that's right. my but I would not be against it should mm-hmm. they choose to do that. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a religious reason or anything. No. I just felt it was, it was more that you know that moment we got married as a new news like new story and it in really chapter. was i mean we followed like yeah we, we did not chapter. see each other the day before we got married we only talked to each other it was, you know, it it was really exciting it was very exciting actually moving in together coming back from honeymoon have, going to our house and we'll it was yeah it was, so it was it was fun i mean it was a new experience that first year was tough because i didn't have a job for eight months or six months mm-hmm. so it was very tough but i think it helped us i mean that 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 part really helped us at, at any time during that eight months, did you feel the pressure that you wanted to back out? Or never. Never. Not never. never. Mm-hmm. Well, what to, to share is, what was the first moment for either of you or both of you when that, oh, oh, moment, oh, my gosh, this is going to be difficult. Some people <laughs> what, what was that? Tell us, share oh, about gosh, it. when he folded towels wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He still doesn't fold him right. There was a and lot of okay. moments. There you was know. a lot of moments, but you know, those are small things compared to the relationship we had. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, we have. We, we have. The diff- <laughs> we've had difficulties since then because you know we got married and we were out of mm-hmm. job and we were okay. We bought a house and then um, then we said, you know, we're settled. We have a house. Let's start trying to have kids. This was about two, three, three years later, mm-hmm. and we had the toughest time getting pregnant for three years. I think we were. Trying for three years. Well, no, 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 we got pregnant right away. Oh, we did get pregnant, but it was it but took a while. But we kept losing. And she oh, had two miscarriages, and so it was very disappointing. Was that was that any strain in the marriage, or that strength? Uh, yeah, it was very that stressful. That was awful. Was I could have stressful. easily walked away then. Mm. That was a very tough time. It was very tough. I I was in very emotional. Mm. I didn't feel like he was caring enough. It was like I felt like my body wasn't doing what it was supposed to do in our relationship. I was failing. Uh, it, I, I didn't feel he was there enough for me, and I was just like, you don't, you're not getting it. I am like, I was miserable, and you're not getting me. Why? You know, what am I doing? I'm feeling like this failure, and we've just lost our second, we've had our second miscarriage. We've lost the second son of a child, but you've had a miscarriage. It depends on how people think of it. But it was hard heartbreaking mm-hmm. and the minute you find out you're pregnant you calculate that nine months out and you're, you're having that that baby your whole life is planned and those parts were very um, stressful so what very saved stressful. it what, what well it, it, it was you know what it was tough but when we were trying to have again a baby mm-hmm. it became I don't want to be a little graphic but it became mechanical because I'm not trying to be no, graphic, no, no, but but seriously, yeah. we had to have yeah. you know we had oh, to God, stop. do things at a certain time, and it became uh, a little uh, too mechanical. <laughs> and that was a tough part. You know, Alan? I'm not kidding. That's part of life. Sorry. But what? Oh my God! It was um, it was tough. It was right. very tough. And I remember the How one. How tough can be doing that be? It was hard because you <laughs> for a man it's tough. Trust me. So, uh, but I remember a New Year's Eve we were invited to somebody's house for New Year's Eve. It was a small little party. It was two couples or three couples, mm-hmm. and one of the couples just had a baby, mm-hmm. and it was really difficult for us. It was really really difficult for us. But lo and behold, unknowing, she was already pregnant. That you know, she's already had gotten pregnant, mm-hmm. and we didn't know that. 
and it was very depressing for Sherry and me, and that, for Sherry and I, and it, that was one of our low moments. Mm-hmm. I think that New Year's mm-hmm. Eve was a low moment in our in our relationship, and we were driving home. We barely talked to each other, and then a week later, she called me up, and she goes, "Did you call me, or what did we do? I don't remember." Yeah, that one, I, because that was the third one. Yeah, and it was I, like. I think I, I'm pregnant, and they're like, "What do you mean you think you're pregnant?" And oh she yeah, was. I went to the doctor. Yeah, and yeah. so it was that I remember that New Year's Eve really specific. I think you remember that, at Karen. Well, yes, yeah, Karen. And right as soon as we got pregnant, it changed things. Mm-hmm. And to us, I mean, at that moment, we were talking about adoption. We were talking about different things, and mm-hmm. really, it wasn't either our fault. It was, just, I mean, we were both tested. It was just one of those things. Mm-hmm. But right after that, things changed a little bit, and and. Um, but let me, add, let me ask Sherry this. So this is your third. You could not have been convinced that you wouldn't lose this okay. child as well. Terrif- so, so, just te- petrified. So t- what was that? So we didn't, The first two times, we were like, told people right away. It's like we were so excited. It's like uh, the first time uh, we videotaped telling my mom um, and my dad um, in different places, we, we bought them bibs that said... Um, I'm grandpa's favorite or I'm my grandma's, you know, mm-hmm. like this. Or we bought mugs for his parents and we, we taped it all. And it was like so exciting. You know, the first couple of times we were excited. But once we had the two miscarriages and there was the third one, we didn't tell anybody. It was very low key. I just relaxed. I didn't do, put any stress on myself. Mm-hmm. He did everything. And, 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 and really... From as much education as I know now about miscarriages, mm-hmm. um, being through it and having studied it, mm-hmm. I n- realized that there's really not anything you can do, and it will happen if it's going to happen, and it's very common, and that um, as much as it hurts, there's nothing, if it's going to happen, it is going to happen. You can't change it, mm-hmm. and there's a reason it happens, mm-hmm. um, and um, and I was very scared. There was, was there a moment when you um, recognized that we're home free or not until no. the birth? Yes, <laughs> no, no, no. There, wait, 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 wait. When we heard the heart, when we saw the heart I understand. Cheating. But the then day Sherry had our first son, when we had our first son, mm-hmm. that was a great moment. As at One time I wrote something. Um, it's my favorite book, actually. It's... Uh, it's the best of time and the worst of time. It's mm-hmm. from uh, Tale of Two Cities. Yes. And right. it basically starts that way. And it's my favorite quote because the day our son was born was the best of time and the worst of time. Because the day he was born was the best of time. The next morning, Sherry calls me up at home and says, our son was taken in an intensive care unit because he stopped breathing. Oh. So our life again stops again <laughs> and going, oh my God. So I rushed to the hospital and... Um, during the night he had stopped breathing once and so they took him intensive care did all these tests and um, they had to leave the hospital without and so he was in there for seven days mm-hmm. um, that was a tough moment mm-hmm. Sherry had to, we Sherry got an infection that mm-hmm. next day she could not see him for three days mm-hmm. her newborn son could not she could not see him for three yeah. days because he was in intensive care mm-hmm. again it was these challenges that he kept, we kept throwing ha- we have had these challenges over our and again it's like we have to fight through it and seven days later he was released from the hospital and he didn't have anything they didn't, couldn't find anything wrong with him he was released from intensive care mm-hmm. um and you know in no but then it, it, we got home and well, then they I'm not going to go through that okay. <laughs> I mean it was but in retrospect we yeah. look back that moment that Sherry was involved with neonatal intensive care unit actually a year later Sherry 
I ran it. Ran the program, which was <laughs> helping other parents that have kids in the neonatal intensive care unit, mm-hmm. either are preemies or um, have something a- wrong with them. With so Sherry was there to help these parents deal with that moment that mm-hmm. we dealt with, and she was amazing with it. And she mm-hmm. helped. She was there for two, three years, helping as a volunteer mm-hmm. this group, and um, that helped a lot with oh. Sherry getting back and helping, giving back to the hospital. So, but what? So, what do people? What do women need most in these kinds of times? They need support of their families, um, their spouses, for one, but also of your your families and friends. Um, I dealt with antepartum people and uh, people that after having their babies, um, antepartum being prior to Mm -hmm. delivery, uh, when they're on bed rest, Mm -hmm. they might be with multiples, they might just have special circumstances during their pregnancy. And um, those people that were there at the hospital for long periods of time, they needed things to do. Mm -hmm. They needed to be able to have somebody come in and do their hair. They needed to have... Uh, crochet or some kind of projects to do because they were stuck in a non-moving position mm-hmm. uh, for days on end and there's only so much TV you can watch <laughs> okay and and we didn't have wireless computers then where mm-hmm. we'd have other things to do so there was a need for for visitors for for involvement with your you know your closest group of friends um and the people afterwards you needed to be able to pair them up with people with similar circumstances for instance if you had somebody that had a baby that was born at 27 weeks and survived there are difficulties with a baby that's born that early and you need to it was good to pair them up with somebody else that had gone through that several years before and you had a positive outcome mm-hmm. and they you pair these people up and that parent can give advice mm-hmm. or suggestions or just observations it's it wasn't medical advice mm-hmm. but it was a shoulder mm-hmm. that you could because you were experiencing the same situation the same feelings where nobody else could understand you. Mm-hmm. Your parents won't even understand what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Only you can understand what you're feeling. One of the things mm-hmm. that we learned when we had the miscarriages mm-hmm. and when our son was in neonatal intensive care for a week that the one person that's totally left out of the equation is the father. The father. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> when, when a woman has a miscarriage, mm-hmm. everybody goes to the woman and says, I'm so sorry, blah, blah, mm-hmm. how can I help you? And everybody... But or the, they say nothing. Or they, they you know. But for the dad, he just lost a baby too. I mean, it's not physically lose, but mm-hmm. he's expecting a son or a daughter, and he's lost a baby, and nobody says anything to him. Mm-hmm. I felt that when I we had two miscarriages, all my male friends basically said nothing. They stayed away. They didn't want to mention it. They didn't say. Nobody wanted to say anything to me. And I felt the same way when our son went as a neonatal intensive care. The fathers too are left out of that process, and so Sherry also try to help and bring the fathers in and get their opinions. Yeah, but, I, I, but in your case, while you were going through it, obviously, because, uh-huh. I mean, I can picture what you're saying. Yeah. And now, now, So how did you deal with it? With it was very difficult because yeah. nobody wanted to talk about it. Mm. Uh, especially, you know, ma- other male friends didn't want to say anything. I mean, mm. they were sort of... It was hard. It was People very difficult. People don't have the words, and then especially if it's a male, guy, male, they don't want to say. They don't know what to say. It's right. embarrassing a little bit, and it's a little bit confusing, and and it, I guess people are thinking, oh, a man can handle it. You know, the woman can't handle it, but the man can handle it. But it's pretty tough. But it was it was tough. 
those were tough days. But, you know, we got our kid home, and he was fine. And uh, two years later, two and a half years later, we had another one, which we had no problems with him. And uh, Did you anticipate? Could you tell the difference with the second son, or you you were going through the I same? Thought, I thought Kyle was going to be a girl. <laughs> I, he, I, I was so, Pregnancy was so different. Yeah, and actually, but, we didn't plan on the second one. I mean, we... We well no 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 I mean we said it wasn't like no I understand what he's saying no at eighteen when our son was eighteen months old right. he said you know let's start we don't know how long it's gonna take it takes two years it could take it was like the first, nine months later it was like the first time it was like okay so they're only twenty seven months apart which right. is really good they're very close but it wasn't planned like it was like. We said, okay, let's start. We'll see how long it takes. It could take a year. It could take two years. You know, we're not in a huge rush. And But I'm glad they were close in age. And, um, you know, so... We'll be right back. Okay. husband that he is perfect. <laughs> I wish I wish we were on air at that particular time. But but talk to us about uh, some of your lows and highs as you went along through the marriage. Um you know there's there's places in, in all relationships um that you're gonna get along great. Everything's just terrific. And then there's times when you start to kinda grow apart. Uh, you start to have interests in different areas that maybe don't um, mesh. mesh very well together. It's like my my life is very theatrical, very artistic, very musical, very that's my passion. Mm-hmm. Whereas Alan's is very into you know his college sports, is this, is that. Um, he doesn't have a whole lot of hobbies, but he loves his USC. Anything USC is like his big thing, and. Sometimes we, you know, you you kind of butt heads. It's like, you know, I want to go to a play. Well, I'm going to the football game. Well, it's my birthday. It doesn't matter. I'm going to the football game. Well, you know, sometimes you just kind of fall into well, you're not when you stop communicating and you kind of fall into these ruts. Mm-hmm. It's not so. It doesn't feel so good, mm-hmm. you know. And and you you. Spend more time maybe on the computer mm-hmm. away from each other instead of working to, uh, at things together. You spend time in separate rooms. You're doing things apart from each other, um, which not is not. It's not always a bad thing. Absolutely. It's it's say. not always a bad thing. It's okay to have your own interests, and it's okay to for me to go to a play on my own with friends, and it's okay for him to do his sports things. I think you need to have a balance. Mm-hmm. Um, that works well for both of you, so that neither of you feel neglected. So how but, do you get this? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. Go ahead. No, and, but sometimes you feel neglected because you want your partner, who's your life mate, to be with you all the time. But but also, I think the opposite of that is you don't want to spend um, all the time together. I mean, I think that's not a good thing to do everything together, whether it's playing golf together or doing the same thing. I think it's good to have separate identities mm-hmm. and and to do things on your own because I think if in a relationship if you think 
Um, if you do everything together, or somebody forces you, one of the one of the partners basically says, you know, let's do this or do this for me, or I, they're going to feel um, the other partner is going to feel neglected, or they're going to feel um, they're not, I don't know, worthy. But I think it's good to be separate, but mm-hmm. to do some things together. Mm-hmm. And I think with us, we had our separate things that we like to do, mm-hmm. but we like to do a lot of things together too. Mm-hmm. And we did, and Sherry came to games with me, and I, we did plays, but it wasn't all the time. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that kept us, um, we had this, you know, was our kids. I mean, that was our thing, mm-hmm. that we spent a lot of time with our kids, did a lot of stuff with our kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a lot. And um, gave them a really good childhood and good life and mm-hmm. we were there together and did stuff together with them. So. I, I don't know, I mean, we do have a lot of friends that are really good parents, but um, we really took part in our children's lives. Unlike a lot of people, um, both of us we made a lot of time. attended their open houses and their back to school nights and their productions at school and Alan would take off work and, and we go to their plays and we were swimmies always there, yeah, swimmies, any of their events. We were always there, and we encouraged them um, to continue to develop themselves, whether it was in sports or academics or uh, outside activities. We always encouraged them mm-hmm. and always were participating as uh, good parents in being part of that life with them. Now, was, was that, did, did you, were you, for the most part, Enjoying doing oh, no. that, or was that a sacrifice? No, to no, be we enjoyed parents? it. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It was a sacrifice. It was. But, I mean, I had to leave work early, come there, but I but really enjoyed, enjoyed, it. enjoyed it. Oh, I mean, good. I look back now and I go, "We miss it." Wow, I really enjoyed those <laughs> right. da- those times. We uh, miss it. I, I enjoyed I being it. with Sherry and watching our kids and um, cheering them on. Cheering them on. I really miss that. Laying on the deck of and the pool. Lo- oh, no, no, no. I, I love that. So, were they both swimmers? Is that they were both were swimmers. Both were. Competitive swimmers since they were four or five years old. Are, are they still competitive swimmers? No. No. Oh, okay. oh gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So no actually, actually our, our oldest one was um, really peaked at a certain age, and he was really, really good. And then the next year, he got an injury. He got a shoulder injury, and he really never recovered from that, and he just um, never recovered from it. And our oldest son was also uh, youngest son was uh, a swimmer, and he also got injured and again had the same problem in the senior year he couldn't really be at this level he could have been. But they both dove also, which mm. scared the heck out of me. <laughs> it's like but holy cow For for people out there that are either married or are in a relationship, there is nothing wrong with having separate mm. um uh hobbies or separate activities or whatever as long as you have certain activities that you do together. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And I think that's it makes both partners feel worthy or they're enjoying themselves and not you know, forced to do something they really don't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's always a common ground that I think you need to find to um, enjoy things together. That, that makes me raise a question, something that, that comes up so many times in relationships, and you hinted at it earlier in yeah. our conversation. If you could address this uh, for me. Uh, some people talk about giving 50-50, I know that you mentioned that you have to give more than 50-50. Absolutely. The question, explain what that is. What, so when is a person 
you know, some people say you have to give 110%. Yeah. People, so, so talk to us about that. What is it we're trying to get to when we're talking about 50 or more than 50? It's, it's not like I'm going to say, okay, I'm the woman and I'm going to do the laundry and the wash and I'm going to cook the meals and I'm going to do this and that's my half. And then the other half, and if I wasn't working in a job outside of the house, and then Alan's job was just to work outside of the house and bring the money in to sur- help us survive and, you know, all that. That's kind of like a, a 50-50. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I worked. Sometimes he worked. Sometimes we both worked. But we also both shared in the household duties. Mm-hmm. We both would go grocery shopping. Sometimes we go together, sometimes separate. He cooks. Some we didn't keep a scorecard. Really I don't ah, think I like we that. didn't That's keep a scorecard of okay. I am doing these twenty things, and you're doing these twenty things. Right. It really wasn't that way. We, it we, was we've each pitched in wherever we needed to pitch. Whatever in. Ha- has to have to do it, just mm. do it. Mm. Um, and I think once you keep a scorecard, you get in trouble mm. because I think then you're you're keeping track of ah, I'm doing more than she's doing or. Uh, and it isn't that. And it's just you have to do. That's why it's more than really fifty-fifty. Because mm-hmm. if you get to a point, you go, okay, well, I've done my fifty percent. I'm done. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes the other person can't do it because either they're sick, they're not working, they're uh, busy. You need they're to give back to your spouse just because your spouse needs the extra pat on the back or the extra care or the extra extra something from you, from mm-hmm. from like from me to Alan. Um, just because he needs it. Mm-hmm. I don't need it right now, but he might need it. Mm-hmm. And it reverses itself mm-hmm. occasionally. It's just it, a cycle. It does. Mm-hmm. And and things change and they evolve. And, and as that evolves, it, it's, it's a natural cycle. It's not a, even something you even think about doing. Mm-hmm. It's just like when you when you're, your relationship is that close and that tight, it just evolves into, oh, I, I just know that that's what my husband needs, mm-hmm. or I know Sherry needs this right now, and I'm going to do this for her. It, it just evolves in a way where you're not giving thought to it. It's a natural yeah. action to, a reaction to an action. Yeah, you just have to do it, and, and I, I, you know, I hear a lot of people you know, go, well, that's not my job, that's my wife's job. Or, we never like, have done that. It's just, just do it. And well, What do you think, though, they don't get it? And they're always in this tussle. What made you guys realize it, or was just? We don't look at it as a female male thing, and right. I think a lot of people get caught up on uh, what who's what the female job, what's the female job, and what's the male job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people still yeah. think like that. We don't look at it like that. Mm-hmm. He's a really good cook, mm-hmm. you know, and that's usually a woman's job. He cooks great. Mm-hmm. I love when he cooks. Well, <laughs> I, uh, you know, as Sherry was saying, it's like. You just have to do whatever has to be done. Right. If something needs to be done, just do it. Um, We're, and we ask each other, hey, you know, can, you, do can you can you roll up the carpet and throw it in the wash for me? I'm going to go water the can plants. Can you vacuum this? Can or, you do, if, or can you pick this up? Or can you go do we that? We work or, together. And it's I think that's... team effort. That's, that, I think, honestly, that's what's gotten us this far. And not that it's been easy. And we do argue about things. And we do disagree oh, yeah, about a lot do. of things. Uh but I think we just learn to respect each other mm-hmm. and just to um, to mm-hmm. go along with things. And it's you know we've had highs and lows, and it's uh, and you just have to roll with it. I think people get so and you know think about certain things and don't want to cross that line or or don't want to you know. 
if you're if you don't like something your spouse is doing, tell them. Right. <laughs> Say something. Open up the dialogue because chances are they might not even realize they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Or but it can be a lot of times it can be rectified, it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't realize they're doing it or they don't realize it's bothering you. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell Alan, you know, don't do this or can you stop doing that? And even after all these years, either I've come to accept it. No, she still that, that, <laughs> but I, I accept the way you fold your towels. But either you come to accept it mm-hmm. or you realize that there's the big problems. Those aren't really big problems. We've had big problems. Mm-hmm. We know what big problems mm-hmm. are. Folding the towels is a little problem. Get let it go. It, uh, it's just the same things we did with our children. You pick your fights and you pick your battles. Sometimes it's not worth the fight. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Susie's ten little secrets to a successful relationship. Secret number one, you have to be willing to go the extra mile or 1,000. Secret number two, he's my best friend and I don't keep secrets from him. Secret number three, I can trust him with anything, but it took years to teach him not to eat the last piece of cake without asking me to split it first. Secret number four, we have a lot in common. Secret number five, we appreciate our differences. Secret number six, he's my super fan. Secret number seven, apologizing is tricky, especially since I'm always right. Both of us are very forgiving forgetful, and apologetic. Secret number eight. We accept each other for who we are. He has seen me at my best and worst, and still loves me. Who could ask for more? Secret number nine. We had the same beliefs, and we shared our dreams for a future together. Secret number 10, the most important factor in having a successful marriage is you've got to have a sense of humor. You can find out more about those 10 sweet little secrets from Susie Lindau's blog. It's called Susie Lindau's Wild Ride. And it's found at susielindau.com S-U-S-I-E-L-I-N-D-A-U dot com. So, Alan, uh, you were born in Cairo, Egypt. Correct. And uh, you said you came here at 10 years old. Correct. Talk to us about your... Um, Well, uh, I was born in Cairo, and then in 1967, um, there was the Arab-Israeli War Mm -hmm. that occurred in uh, the Six-Day War. And right after that, my parents decided that, you know, that wasn't a good place to raise kids Mm -hmm. in a place where there's war. So they decided to immigrate to the United States, Mm -hmm. Uh, and they did. 
Uh, my parents gave up a lot to come here. They were very well off in, in Egypt, mm-hmm. uh, and they had to give up a lot to come here. They basically gave up everything they had and mm-hmm. to move to the United States. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I thank them for that. <laughs> you know, so I thank them for that. That was that was a very difficult move. That was a huge move for them. I mean, all their family and friends were there. They're, they had a very nice home. My dad had a really nice business. Um, so you have brothers and sisters. I have. I had a young. I had an older brother. Okay. And so we moved to the United States in 1967, 68, and um, you didn't know English. I didn't know English. I mean, we took English classes, but they were very rudimentary English mm-hmm. classes. So that was very difficult mm-hmm. for me to adjust. Mm-hmm. Coming in here, and you're in fifth grade. It's it's a little mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. But you know, I adjusted fairly quickly, mm-hmm. and uh, you know. And your dad did what he had to do. Yeah, my dad had to, you know, he did what he had to do. I mean, uh, he was a business owner and he was doing very well in Egypt. And I mean, he worked at, you know, uh, you know, at department Sears, at uh, department yeah. stores, and mm-hmm. you know, that wasn't thing that he was accustomed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did what he had to do, and you know, uh, and so my sister, I had a sister that was born here in the United States in 1969 or 69, <laughs> and uh, there, you know, it was just the three of us, and. Uh, but you know, I I consider the United States my home. Mm. I mean, I was raised here most of my life. Became a citizen. Yeah, I became a citizen. And we cried. It was great. So that's it. And but getting married to Sherry, I mean, we had different backgrounds. I mean, I was not born in the United States. Uh, she was obviously born in the United States. Um, we had different religious backgrounds. I was Catholic. She was Jewish. Oh. So we had. Um, okay. That was tough. There was Ooh. stuff enough to that do was that. Tough. So, but again, we managed through all that. It was what was the tough part? Did you guys know at the time when you started dating that one was Catholic and one? Yeah, was yeah we did. Right. And it wasn't to us. It wasn't a huge deal at the time it because was our, we thought it was our families that mm-hmm. had the bigger problem with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To us, it wasn't a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherry wasn't practicing her religion as much. I mean, she right. very rarely mm-hmm. did anything. Um, and so we felt that that was going to be okay because she's not, you know. Yeah. Uh, but you told me her parents agreed for that. Oh yeah, they were fine. Yeah, right. Her parents loved me. <laughs> 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 so it was fine. I mean, we were okay. And we, you know, we had some issues with that when we got married. We had some issues throughout our marriage. We had issues but again. We resolved those issues. It was difficult, but we resolved them. I, you had to again. It's that give and take. Mm. And, and here we are, 30 years later. <laughs> but again, we've come from different backgrounds, different religions. And it and can work. It can and work. And it can but still work. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be playing a game in a short while, and we'll find oh, out if it really, really works. Oh, well, we're right back. <laughs> gentlemen, Alan and Sherry can't hear me now. They are shut off in the invisible sound booth, answering some unique questions. In the meantime, I'll explain to you how this relationship game works. It's in three parts, since they are already in a long-term relationship, a marriage of 30 years, and a relationship total of 33 years. Now, in part one of the Journey's relationship game, they're answering a few unique questions. Here's what they don't know. 
they'll have to predict their partner's answers. If each can predict all of the answers spot on, they are in danger of falling in a rut for their knowledge of each other is at saturation point. If they can't predict any of each other's answers, they do not know each other as much as they think they do. If there are a few surprises, then hooray, there is more excitement in their future. They still have much more to discover of each other, even after 33 years. Now, part two of the game is the acid test to see how much of the Zeta secrets are worth their claim. This is a very difficult test, rarely passed in the first go-around, but Alan and Sherry will have to do just that in order to raise the stock of the Zeta relationship longevity secrets. This game is called Lost and Found or Not. I'll explain it to you just before they play it. Part 3 is well known to regular listeners of this show. What will they do or which hen will they choose if they are stuck in a deep hole? Here is the test. Will there be a consensus? When we're back, we'll play the game. Welcome back to the program. Sherry and Alan are going to prove to us whether they are as uh, close <laughs> their relationship as this said that they are. Oh, you have a bad face on right now. <laughs> oh, no. So, Sherry. Yes. How would Alan be more likely to describe you? Is he likely to say you're romantic? Pragmatic or charismatic? Charismatic. Alan? Wrong. <laughs> wrong, wrong. wrong. Uh, Alan, what was your Romantic. Answer? Aww, that's so romantic. sweet. <laughs> oh. That's nice. Now, now, Sherry. Yeah, again? Uh, once again. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, how do you think he described himself? as romantic, pragmatic, or charismatic? Romantic. No, that would be pragmatic. Very pragmatic. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were... I know you're romantic. <laughs> well, I am. She's going along. Again, how would Alan arrange this when describing your relationship? Would he say... Your friend first, lover, then partner? Would he say lover, friend, then partner? Or would he say your partner, lover, then friend? 
Or would he say lover, partner, and friend? It's not going to be lover first. Okay. Okay, so... It's going to be friend, lover, partner? Yes. <laughs> Very good. That's what I said. Uh, friend, uh, lover, and partner. No, I said friend, lover, and partner. That's what you said. Uh, that's what you chose. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Very good. Excellent. Because we're best friends. Yes. Okay. All right. This is interesting. I asked Alan, um, <laughs> what is the one thing... Oh... <laughs> It's not bad. It would not be smart to trust him with. Trust me with. Oh. And you you said, tell us what you said. You you asked what Alan shouldn't be trusted with. Right, right. And I said, there's nothing that Alan couldn't be trusted with. He's just an all around great guy. I wouldn't not trust him with anything. That's a good answer. That's a good answer. It's not the right answer. But it's other. I said something with UCLA. No, the remote control. Oh. You don't trust it. I keep switching channels. You can't trust me with that. I trust you with it. Well, you just learned something. I know, boy. I don't like it. (laughs) But I trust him with it. Well, I couldn't think of anything else. There's nothing else he could throw at. He's not going to throw it. So, Alan, would you say that she would say you're a fan of her or she's a fan of you? Wow. Oh. I think she's a fan of me. That's exactly what she said. All right. Good. Very good, honey. See, we're sort of compatible. Uh, Alan, which are you more like when it comes to issues in a relationship? Are you more forgiving, more apologetic, or just forget it and move on? Which, for me, which one she would say? Yeah, which one? Um, a, apologetic. Mm. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> I, the second one, my choice was to forget it and move on. I yeah, thought that I was I between those two. I think that's what I wrote. Forget it and move on. I think that's, that's what I wrote. Sure. I, that's my second choice. Yeah, that was my second choice. So you, you would, but what do you? What are you truly like? I'm really a little bit of both. It right. depends on the circumstance. I'm, I'm a little bit of both. <laughs> Stop shaking your head. If they could see me now, they would see me shaking no, my head. No, I think I'm a little bit of both. I'm apologetic sometimes. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So let me ask Alan, answer for her. What do you think she said she is more? Is she more forgiving, more apologetic, or is she more likely to say just forget it and move on? She's not the last one. She doesn't move on too fast. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, Forgiving, I would say. Okay. Wrong again? God, what is it? Uh, I am apologetic. It may take me a little while yeah, to apologize, that's true, but I will say I'm sorry till I'm blue in the face. That's true. I'm so sorry. That's I'm true. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's very true. Good point. <laughs> okay. You're so right. then, why was it so hard for him to get it though? I don't know. I think he got confused. Yeah, I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> she gave you that. <laughs> I think it's a combination of I'll, a lot of them. I'll help him out. <laughs> I love him. I'll help him out. Now, let me let me ask. Um, so, who is the funnier of the two of you? Either could answer. Oh, boy. There's no question. My guy. I'm funnier, I think. Okay, both of you agree. That, At least that, he thinks so. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> no, he is.
Yes, so much still to be discovered about each other even after 33 years. That's so very precious. Now comes the acid test. Lost and found or not. Here is the acid test. If, God forbid, these two best friends, married for 30 years and together for 33 years, lost each other, a vast chasm separates them. Neither knows whether the other is still alive. There is only one way to find out and to get back together again. Here it is. Each must send one item across the great chasm that will identify him or her as the mate that is alive. And each must correctly predict what item the other will send. If either is incorrect, no knowledge will be shared as to whether their mate can be found. This is a very tough test. Lost and found or not. I would say uh, my USC cap. That's a record. (laughs) Excellent, Jerry. Then you'll know it's me. (laughs) And what would you like him to... (laughs) I didn't kill him. I didn't answer anything bad. I don't know what you're thinking. (laughs) Well... I guess I guess you can say it. Did you say my fuzzy? Yes. Oh my god. No, 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 ladies and gentlemen, that's actually the truest test (laughs) of that you both will find each other and each other. That's absolutely wonderful. I expect you to Oh my god. they are happily back together, they will play the final part of this relationship game. Those of you who are regular listeners to the show know this game. It is the SBL game, What the Sage Said. Now, what we're looking for this time around is not only their answer. Since they're going to be in a deep hole, we want to see if there's a consensus for them to get out. What the Sage Said can be found in It's a Sound Bite Life, the book that we are tracking that you can obtain from Amazon or Barnes & Noble. This is what the Sage Said. Everyone living long enough will slip and fall into a deep hole and look up for help. Three hands will appear. The hand of a hustler, the hand of a riddler, and the hand of a clown. Choose wisely, or you'll be buried there. So what 
would you do? Uh, I think I would say Riddler. You'll choose the Riddler's hat? Yeah. Interesting. Why? Um, because a Hustler, I think, would be... I don't know. I just don't feel comfortable with a Hustler. I wouldn't trust them. Mm. Because there's got to be always an ulterior motive mm. to whatever they're doing. I agree. The Clown... I can't take too seriously. Mm. Uh, my feeling would be there's always something else. Joking around. joking around. or something not serious. The Riddler, I think, would be somebody that would offer me options or questions or to to be able to... Um, so you think they could kind of get out of any situation? Yeah, they're able they, to get out of situations and, and, and figure things out. That's my That's my choice. What would you choose, Sherry? I actually chose the Riddler also. Yeah. Um, I, I chose the Riddler because I was thinking the clown, not everybody likes clowns, <laughs> even though there's happy clowns and sad clowns. I know people. some people just are afraid of them. They don't like them. <clears throat> and, um, and clowns, um, they're hidden behind a mask, and you don't really know the the real person who's behind the mask of the clown and the hustler like alan said is somebody ooh, a little shady not sure I, I i would trust them to help me with my life we have the riddler could find um, options and ways to help me whether it's to dig a farther tunnel into another direction whether it's to get people to help me get out whatever it was i think the riddler might be the best option to save my life My heart is full of thanks for Alan and Sherry for letting us into their warm home and for sharing their life with us. What you couldn't see is me enjoying Sherry's artwork, the family's portraits, the cat's curiosity, and me being enthralled by Sherry's philanthropy and Alan's humor. Thank you so much, Alan. This is my reminder to you to check out from Amazon or Barnes & Noble uh, two of the books that we have mentioned, Bowfoot Peter, subtitled Sticks and Stones, one of the Raya True Stories series, and It's a Soundbite Life, one of the books that we are tracking. Check them out. Enjoy them. Share your thoughts with us. You can always find us on matchboxmystery.wordpress.com or at ryosports.com that's R-Y-O-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com or on Tumblr or on Block Talk Radio. The standing question for the day is this. What is your plan for building a healthy, long-term relationship? What is your plan for building a healthy, long-term relationship? This is your life. Only you can live it. C.
see you next week.